say like I'm a mother and I'm concerned and I just experienced whatever that turned me into the person that's seeking out raw milk. Like if you had to convert somebody, is it just like it's a healthier product? People find their way to raw milk because I would say a good majority of them, some kind of chronic health problem led them to it. Whether it's their kid has really bad eczema or they have IBS, um, a whole bunch of different things. A lot of people find it that way. And other people who I kind of relate to a little bit more, even though I grew up eating farm fresh food, so I never really had to learn why it's good. Mm. Other people just kind of one day it just makes, it's like one day they look down at the pop tarts and are like, what am I eating? (laughs) Yeah. All right, so we have Michaela here from Fresh Start Farm. Future Fresh Start Farms, maybe. <laughs> um, we heard about you from um, Nick and Steve Service, and everybody knows them, so we don't, they need no introduction. <laughs> um, but we we were like talking to them. We t- we see them quite frequently. Probably I probably see them like once a week, and we we're kind of just getting into a rut with the show and just having just wild people on you might be wild we don't know yet <laughs> but they told us about um what you're doing in, in terms of like micro farming i guess is that accurate and then i was just kind of like wait we have a local milk person Mm-hmm. And then I just had a bunch of random questions, and then we convinced you to come on the show, so now you're here. Yep. And that's the extent of the history of how you got here. <laughs> Basically. And you have to make it home for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to. <laughs> yeah. Are you cooking tonight? Um, yeah, we're going to attempt some homemade pizza dough and do a little pizza. Ooh. So. <laughs> well, let's your, hurry it with up. With your own cheese, too? Or no, not? not this time, store-bought. Wow. <laughs> so do you make your own cheese as well? I make homemade yogurt and homemade kefir, and I have made mozzarella before, but um, I just like to drink milk, honestly. So I don't mind, I don't mind buying some cheese instead of having to do all the work. But I, so, I chug my milk like crazy. So, <laughs> so are you like a milk addict, and your addiction was so bad that you had to get your own supply? Like, is this what happened here, <laughs> <laughs> or, or do you have like a history of farming? Um. Yeah, it's just in my blood. So I'm a fifth generation dairy farmer and my family has been farming in outside of the Lambertville, New Jersey area since 1909. Okay. And so I just grew up, we milked about 100 cows and farm about 1200 acres over there. And the plan was to originally stay there and take over the farm, but things changed. I got married and we moved to Pipersville. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm from the area, but Pipersville is far enough that it's still a little bit new to me. Okay. And so I'm continuing the dairy legacy that way. I've always wanted, you know, my plan has always been to be a dairy farmer. It's just a little different than what I thought it would be, you know, to start on my own. Yeah, because I I would assume starting, well, how many cows do you have now? Like dairy cows? Milking six. Well, I have six. I'm milking two. Okay. And I'll be milking three soon once one calves back in. And so it's called a micro dairy because... I'm so small, no processor would ever pick me up. Like, the milk of two, three cows is not a lot. But in terms of selling it to people, I have a lot of, you know, possibility. So I guess what, like, you're milking two cows. How much milk, I guess, like, I'm very, I have no knowledge of this, so bear with me. Like, how much milk do you make in, like, a week? Well, 
Or is it better to say like in a month? My average answer is my, my cows are producing around five to seven gallons per day. I feel like that's a that's like that's some a I feel like cow. that's high performance so cows. That's yeah. like, right now it's like ten ish gallons a day. Okay. Um, and that's all by hand? No, it's not by hand. It's by something called a bucket milker. A so bucket I have milker. a vacuum pump that hooks up to the milker. <laughs> Whenever I say you that, I know it's hard because people are probably like, I don't know a vacu- what you're talking about. A vacuum about. milker? If you just search bucket milker, bucket hopefully milker. it'll come up. Yeah, so that's a good idea. Wow. So I'm milking into a a five-gallon stainless steel bucket that looks like that, and through hoses, it's it's hooked up to a vacuum pump, and that thing hanging off of the bucket, like in the second row, that's called the claw, and that's what gets attached to the teats and actually does the milking. The teats. (laughs) The teats. Um, People love when I say that. (laughs) So, yeah, I was, when I asked you, I was, I started to eye up your forearms and see if you had, like, Popeye forearms, because I feel like, I feel like if you had to milk even just two cows, you'd probably be you'd probably be jacked. Yeah, you'd probably t- have some cannons on you. Yeah, I def I definitely am am strong, but not I don't have to hand milk. <laughs> <laughs> have you? I, I guess you you have done it before. Oh, though. I have yeah. to be able to sell to people. Um, just because I'm a grade A dairy and I have a raw milk license and everything, you have to use equipment and it, certain rules that I have okay. to follow for food safety. So, so like, what is and it? And I don't want to hand milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like well, what. If you had to race, say you set up one of these machines on one cow, mm-hmm. like how fast, like how fast does this produce the five gallons or like how fast does this suck the teats and yep. the milk out? So if they're making around five gallons a day, it's over two milkings. So they're making about two and a half, you know, plus again, depends on, there's lots of variables, but the average cow is only connected to the milker is only milking for five to seven minutes at a time. My cows sometimes are only milking for three minutes because they make a lot less milk because of my setup. I'm um, pasture-based, and I'm not really looking for production. I'm just looking to sell a quality product. Mm-hmm. Okay. My family's farm, we had cows that can make 10 gallons a day, you know, double what I'm doing. So yeah. what is, like, are you, like, so, like, if you had to race one of these machines by hand, like, how? You'd be screwed. It would so five <laughs> minutes on one of these would take you a long time by hand. A long time. The only cows I've ever hand milked were usually for reasons where they probably didn't have a lot of milk. They're either super fresh, meaning they just calved and had a calf, so mm. they're not making that full amount. Okay. And even then, I'd usually always try to have somebody help me, and together it would take 10, 15 minutes. Tag team some tits. And that's yeah. two people. <laughs> TST, baby. I had to go there. Um, so when you're talking about, like, production and, like, your family's much larger farm and then the, the amount that they're getting per day, what what contributes to that? Is it, like, you're, like, force-feeding these cows to make more milk? Or, like, how do you get more milk, I guess? Um, not force-feeding them. They're eating. They're just eating a different diet. So if somebody's looking for production, they tend to... My family's not like a pasture-based farm, so they feed a little bit more grain and just basically more energy. If you feed the cows more energy, you know, think starches, they can produce more, whereas there's, if you're in a grass-based system, energy is kind of like the the nutrient that's, what's the, I can't think of the word, but it's the thing you're always trying to work towards. It's always like the minimum. Okay. Um, I do feed my cows some grain at milking, but again, it's just... It's I'm feeding them as much as they need to to be healthy, but I'm not trying to overdo it. They'll eat 
you can't yeah you don't force feed them but they they can eat a lot of food yeah that's what i was gonna (laughs) say so basically what i guess what goes into that is the what is in their diet um like whatever however their stomach or multiple stomachs break that down contributes to that production so like if you want to get a certain amount of like i guess what what could you compare that to grown weed or tomatoes or something like if you want a certain amount of tomatoes you give them certain amount of soil and water like more nutrients or something i guess maybe and it just like gets a bigger yield if you had two cows that were the exact same like genetics lactation like everything and you fed them different diets that you'd have different milk amounts um so that but if you fed them the same thing and had different genetics or one just calved and one calved a year ago, all those things make a difference. It's like constantly fluctuating. So how come like your other cows aren't yielding any milk yet? So I'm just milking two of the six because let's see, one is a dry cow. So she is, she was milking and I stopped milking her because she's basically on maternity leave. So we call them dry because they're not milking. And two are just about to calve for their first time. So they're like teenagers about to become adults. Mm. And one's just a youngster who's still growing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're just at different life stages. And then like, so you moved from New Jersey to Pipersville Mm -hmm. um, and you started from scratch. And you just, did you, how many cows did you start? Did you like go and buy a cow? Or how'd that start? I had cows within my family's herd. Mm. And so we moved and our, my farm is actually like a horse, a residential like horse farm. Okay. Um, so there's two horse barns. So we had to do some adjusting to make it cow friendly. We had to tear down old fence and put up new fence. And once we were ready for them, we just brought them over from dad's. <laughs> so, so most people like get a dog and then they have to, when they like move out with their like husband or wife, they have to take the dog with them. Like you had cows yeah, they you had to, and they're yeah. like, come get your cows. The best part is my husband is, like, not a farmer at all. <laughs> he, he was born and raised in Queens, New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a change of scenery. Oh, my God. What's, uh, what's his name? Thank God. Joe. Joe. Joe from Queens. Joe from Queens. Does he sound like he's from Queens? No, thank oh, God. Oh, my God. That'd be so great to hear him talk to cows with, like, an he, accent like that. His dad cow. does. Like, what, so are you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Walk over here. His dad has, like, a stronger accent, so he likes, he'll, like, talk like his dad, but he doesn't have a New York <laughs> accent. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What, like, so when you, did he knew, he knew what he signed up for, though? Yeah. I guess maybe. He, he was aware. <laughs> he was aware. He, um, thankfully, like. You know, when I met him, he had a truck and is, like, pretty handy. He can do, like, handyman type stuff and fix things for me. Nice. To the point where on our first date, he had he had a car and a truck. And his friends, he moved to this area part-time. And everybody who knew is basically like who I grew up with. We had just never met for a while. Mm. But to the point where on our first date, when he came to pick me up, he was like, I actively knew to bring the truck because I figured you'd make fun of me if I had a car. (laughs) (laughs) 
So he was he was game from the beginning. <laughs> All right. So he stacked the odds in his favor. Yeah. Smart yeah. move, Joe. You don't pull up to the cow farm in a Honda. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. So he pulled up with like, what if he had like a wide body kit on like his car? <laughs> What's this, Fast and Furious? Yeah, right. Oh, man, we got cows. You can't get cows in that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. How'd you transport the cows? Was you have like a certain I, vehicle for that? Or? I paid somebody with a trailer too, so uh. they could just put them all on at once and bring them my way. And somebody who have you know, I know who works with the family farm. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Imagine they're just in a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to you? This isn't South America. They're just not loading <laughs> yeah, eight cow. like cows. On <laughs> One a at truck. a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> You like pass a dude with like a motorcycle in his truck, and then you like pass one with a cow. Yeah, that's that's not how it works up here, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, you know, just, that was a good question. Yeah, just thinking. Yeah, man. For those of you keep, that might not know, keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking like a little bit about like your licensing. Mm-hmm. How you're obviously not like a mass production farm, and I'm sure that's like they have like FDA people coming in, like checking on them all the time. Is it like a little bit? more low-key for you or is it still pretty like stringent on like how you have to like maintain your farm or like I guess what's that like it's the same um so we all get inspected by well I get inspected by the PA department of ag okay um for my raw milk license specifically or another farm might get inspected by an inspector who's hired through their processor, but who's certified like with the USDA. Okay, um, I said FDA. I meant USDA. I actually didn't know what I was saying. I was talking out of my ears. No, I mean every, Yeah, everybody always. Th- it's a common like thought. It makes sense, right? Yeah. It's food. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I have the same rules as everybody else, which only makes, makes it hard because, um, you know, there's no. The cost d- can't get broken down per cow a lot more. Yeah. So. It's it's more expensive per cow. Yes. For yeah. you to maintain your license and everything like that. So if you had like 3,000 cows, mm-hmm. that it cost would be spread across all that production. Yeah. And yes, I have a smaller tank, but still compared you know, my tank per cow and with the milk that I'm pr- producing is a lot for me, even though it's like a fraction of the size of somebody milking a lot. Yeah. A lot more than me. So what's like, what's a gallon of milk cost at the store right now? Do you know? I have no idea. I don't know. You don't know either because you got that <laughs> yeah. direct outlet. I paid for milk in years. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd imagine like four. Four dollars. What do you, like, you're obviously a better product than what they're selling there. Like, what's the premium on what you're selling currently? Better? I oh, guess. Yeah. It looks like four. The power of the internet, man. Um, you were at. I am not only higher quality, but I'm a different product from that. Um, I'm selling at $6 per half gallon, so it would okay. be $12 per gallon. But there's the quality there, the aspect of that it's me. It's a micro dairy. I handle the cows individually. Everything's very much attention to detail. And I fill the milk fresh when people come. So, like, I hang out in the barn, and somebody comes, says they want a gallon, and I fill the bottles right then. Okay, so you have, um, like, a big holding tank. I have a 30-gallon tank that it's basically like a, a fridge. Like, it, it holds milk, but it keeps it cool. Um, but my milk's also different because it's raw. So all of that there is pasteurized, and mine is completely raw, completely unprocessed. All it gets, when I put it in the tank, I pour it over the equivalent of a coffee filter, and okay. then it gets cooled down, and that's it. Wow. So it's as unprocessed and as real as it can get. 
So like you take it from, you know, whatever teat temperature is through like a filter and then that filter filters out like whatever. It's just like <clears throat> if there's was a piece of hair that somehow got in the bucket okay, and mm-hmm. I dump the bucket out, the, that'll prevent that. But I don't do anything to, yeah, I sanitize all the equipment, but I don't do anything to quote unquote sanitize the milk. Because it's because, already sanitized coming out of the Well, end. it comes out safe and healthy, and you want – it comes out also, like, full of all the all the vitamins and enzymes and everything it has are really beneficial, and when they get pasteurized, they can get inactivated. Mm-hmm. So this has everything. Oh, so, like, what – I mean, I, I know what pasteurization is in, like, an idea. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, what – what is pasteurization? Are they like boiling the product and it's then filtering it? Or are they adding stuff to it? Like what is that? Pasteurizing is heating it up really hot um, and then cooling it back down. So you're basically, you know, trying to cook out, kill any potential pathogens, any potential bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process of doing so, you kill everything else. In the else process, too. you inactivate enzymes, inactivate some vitamins and you kill the good bacteria too, and all of those things can help you digest it. So some people who are lactose intolerant... That was my next question. <laughs> ...drink raw milk, and it's great. It, it, huh. There's no problem. So, so. Would it, if you made ice cream with raw milk, would that also apply to like lactose intolerant folks? Um, yeah, I suppose so. It, would, it wouldn't... As long as it stays cool, it doesn't... Do the same as heat. Pending further analysis. Yeah. yeah. You got to make some ice cream. Yeah. Cut that uncut. Yeah, that uncut ice cream. So, so yeah. And, and that stuff, too, it's also homogenized. So it gets cooked, basically, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. And then it gets shoved through. The cream gets shoved through, basically, the equivalent of a filter with really small holes mm-hmm. to break the cream the fat globules down. I know it's like such fun words to say. <laughs> fat globules. So that way the fat, that's why you guys can buy milk at the store and you don't have to shake it because the cream is all in it. But naturally cream rises yeah. and you have to shake it every time, which yeah. is what wrong. I just, is. for some reason in my head, I just heard somebody with a Queens accent, accent just calling somebody, you fat globule. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn it. I can't I'm going ins- to, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, insulting you with cow words all week. God damn it. Um, <laughs> so I guess, like, is how do you market your product then? Is it strictly word of mouth? I know you have, like, an Instagram following um, and the Service Brothers in your corner. So <laughs> <laughs> they're probably buying all the milk. Yeah, um, right. I, yeah, I mean, I guess social media, but I don't think they're finding me on social media. Um, but I'm on things like there's websites. It's like realmilk.com com or org you know one of the two and people are finding me for the most part because they want raw milk like mm. i've just dis- i made the decision in the beginning i'm not trying to teach people or convert anybody i'm here for the people who know mm. and you know maybe if they have some final questions about it because they've already learned a little bit then i'll answer but i'm just here for the ones who already know so it's a lot less of a headache like i don't spend my instagram time or anything or emails trying to convince people. It's already like, you're here. Something interested you. Yeah. Um, but I also do farm tours and things like that. So people will find me from a Google search if they want to tour a dairy farm or milk a cow. I do milk a cow classes. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm trying to make we just, shit out of a cow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just looked at each other like. <laughs> well, you're milking milk out of a yeah, cow. Get your head right. 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I just... They find me because I'm not that great at marketing yet. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So what kind of like questions, say like I'm a mother and I'm concerned and I just experienced whatever that turned me into the person that's seeking out raw milk like, and I'm new to it. Like what are your like selling points that if somebody did ask, like if you had to convert somebody, is it just like it's a healthier product? It's better for you? Like it's just like very obvious things. I would say people find their way to raw milk because I would say a good majority of them, some kind of chronic health problem led them to it. Mm. Whether it's their kid has really bad eczema or they have IBS, um, a whole bunch of different things. So a lot of people find it that way. And other people um, who I kind of relate to a little bit more, even though I grew up eating farm fresh food so I never really had to learn why it's good mm. other people just kind of one day it just makes it's like one day they look down at the pop tarts and are like what am I eating <laughs> yeah. and it's like they it's just like they kind of start waking up and looking around and it they somehow lead to it maybe it leads them over here for a little while and they start to eat more fresh veggies or they start to get some high quality beef and eventually they'll learn about raw milk and but it's, it's, most people find it from health focus. And then every once in a while, somebody's just like, I had this all the time as a kid. And I just saw you were here and I want some all the time now. And I'm like, great, wow. I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess, were you, like, how long have you been doing this on your own? Only a year. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I had a, I guess it was like a Corona-based question. If like I wonder if, like, coronavirus and, like, the whole vaccine debate, in, like, encouraged people to kind of like I feel like we're not going to get into the corona thing I've talked enough about that <laughs> last year but like I kind of feel that the vaccine conversation and like corona being like affecting everyone's life um started the conversation for a lot of people like what I can do better mm -hmm. for myself to kind of like live healthier do you find that like a lot of people maybe in your circle or the people you interact with like kind of are just starting out or is it just predominantly people that know what the product is? A combination. I've definitely had some that like COVID times turned them on to me or, or yeah, th things like that. What, there whatever, were a lot of benefits. The from, there were a lot of benefits from the coronavirus because I know a ton of people now that for whatever the reason related to Corona, they kind of like changed how they were living. Mm -hmm. And I would think that like, I don't even know if I've ever drank raw milk before. I don't think I have. But like, either. if I had it's kids, so good. if I had I kids and delicious. stuff like that, this my is husband will slam something. a glass, <laughs> slam it on the thing, and be like, "God, it tastes like ice cream." Oh man! <laughs> so oh awesome my now. god, dude! <laughs> We're going. It's delicious. I've had like fresh goat milk, but I don't know if that's anything close to how fresh. I mean, it is. Like, it, it's fresh. like straight from the. Yeah. It's definitely similar, but I think goat milk is kind of gross, but because mm. I think they taste like they smell. I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it wasn't the best tasting thing, but cows don't. Seem to you do guys that. like connected on like a goat level right there. Right? <laughs> goat I, level. I, I feel a little left out, but not at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> their cheese is pretty good. I'm cool with goats, like goat yoga. I'll get down with that. Yeah, little baby goats. Um, do you have you see? So do you only have cows right now, or do you have like any other animals? Just cows. I mean. I have two barn cats and we have two pet dogs, but 
cows are the specialty. I'm trying to really nail down my grazing. I'm really focused on a regenerative base grazing. And then, you know, I want to get this. I'd like to get to the point where I'm selling out or so close to selling out that I kind of have to do subscriptions or something like that for the milk. Cool, and then, like a butcher box, but for cows. Kind yeah, of or thing. like just a pay by the month where you know you can come and, and have your amount. Oh, yeah. Maybe like a CSA style milk. Okay. But um, until I'm there, I'm not thinking of diversifying too much because then it would just be spreading my efforts thin. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. A lot of people um, in business, uh, including myself, <laughs> early on like get too many ideas and they you know find a little bit of success and then they start chasing like you know whatever other Farm, things farmers do that too it's like yeah. the milk's not making money so i'll go get some pigs <laughs> and the pork's not selling so we need some chickens <laughs> like, so that would be me yeah, you'd be that <laughs> and next thing you know you have emus that are attacking you <laughs> and it just doesn't work out no way but yeah that's probably what would happen to me if i was a farmer someday oh, man good thing you're not i'm gonna take my money and run oh, shit. up to pipersville Oh, shit. I'm going to set up shop next to it. Yeah, way up. Some dairy farmer. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, like, you, you've you only lived in Pipersville for, like, a year or two then? Um, then? A little over, yeah. I've, I've been selling officially for a year. We moved, we closed in October 2020, and I moved in in December 2020 when we got married. Was it hard to find a place that was suitable for what you wanted to do with your dairy career? Yeah, because part of me didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so we ended up, our property is like 11 acres. Okay. You know, it had, it had a, the people we bought it from just fixed up the house and two people ago had horses. So that's what we picked. But our other, the other place we put an offer on that got rejected was like an old beat up house that had to be redone with like 50 acres. So I was just, Damn. we were looking for land period. Yeah. You were trying to figure just start it out with, from there. Start with <laughs> land and then f- that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What, um, did you go to school for this or are you just like grown in the trade? Yeah, I went to Penn State for animal science okay. at University Park. Nice. It was a great time. So you, <laughs> so you have, you, your degree is in animal science? Yes, it's a bachelor's of science and it's animal science with a, a focus in business. Um, you could do, you could do a focus on the science side or a focus on the business side. So people kind of going more the vet route would do the science side. Interesting. So you you literally, while like some kids were raising their hands and being like, I want to be president, you were like, I'm going to be a farmer. <laughs> Is that seriously how it went? Like you were pretty young and knew that you wanted to follow this path or how'd that work? I always loved animals and I'm very queasy. So I knew I didn't want to be a vet working with like mm. needles and blood and all that kind of stuff mm. my whole life. And um, from the time I was like 14, I wanted to go back to the family farm and get robotic milkers and have robots. And now I'm doing like the complete opposite of that, which is like (laughs) the most manual, inefficient version of farming, but I'm still farming. (laughs) Would you scale what you are doing like to different equipment or like is your goal to always kind of stay like at a smaller level? That you kind of like know all the people that are buying milk from. Like, what is your like? Why stay small? I guess. Um, <clears throat> it's not well. Or stay like micro, we'll say. The micro part is just nice because you can actually, like I said, when you're selling to direct to consumer, there's still a lot of milk to be sold. It's, it's just different when you're getting paid per hundred pounds versus for every bottle you sell. Mm. Um, yeah, people ask if I'm going to grow, and I'm like, there. I don't know what will happen in the future, but right now, 
I like the size I'm at and I obviously has have room for growth business wise where I'm at still. And I am interested in the low input side of things. So I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't get too technologically focused because then there's kind of like a rabbit hole that we all fall into. Like you kind of go for all these things that are supposed to make your life easier. And then suddenly you look back and you're reliant on a lot. Yeah. So I like low input grazing where the cows are actually doing some work and, you know, we have a quad, but we don't have equipment. I don't have, yeah. You don't have like a forklift to like move the cows around or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have tractors and don't have to run anything in the fields. And it just forces me to either be good at what I'm doing or do stuff in a really manually difficult way. (laughs) So (laughs) no, there's a lot of like, I have a lot of respect for that um, path. Like it, it seems like you're going for quality first and kind of like perfecting what you're doing at this level so that when you get to like 10 cows or like I don't even know how many cows you can put on 11 acres well really I'm so it's 11 acres but it's five a pasture okay um so I really am kind of total cow eyes at the maximum like yeah I could I could make all six milk cows and then that's that would be my way to grow but um that's a decent amount of milk, though, because if six cows are mm-hmm. producing five gallons a day, yeah, <laughs> that's 30 gallons of milk per day for wow. those that are short. Yeah, so that would be math. a lot of people. You'd need to, to s- you would need to move a lot of milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of like set up for a decent amount of time in the future then with like the animals you have now once you kind of get it all like dialed in and every- yeah. everybody's, you know, pulling their weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is, um, so, like, you, you let the cows, like, you don't, um, I know a little bit about, like, cow farming now that, like, my business partner's family has gone down that rabbit hole. Mm. Um, do you feed the cows strictly from what they graze out in the grass, or do you feed them, like, any sort of, like, grain with, like, additives, like molasses or anything like that? Like, what are you feeding them, or what can you feed them? So, in the grazing season, my cows are, I don't know, I say 90 to 95% grass-fed because... They're getting it all from pasture, which, you know, my pastures are a variety of plants, a diversity, which is really important for soil health, which is one of the big tenants that you try to go by. Um, <clears throat> but I do feed my cows grain. So the ones that are not milking get grain once in the morning, and the ones that are get grain at each milking, so twice a day. And my cows come from, you know, genetics and come from a background where they were on a, a TMR based diet, so like a higher a higher energy diet, like we were talking about before, and um, it wouldn't be it it wouldn't be in their best interest to just cut grain so I can claim grass fed. Okay, they need some. Um, is that a is that like a classification? Some milkers milk. What do you what do you call yourself? Are you a milker or milk farmer? Like what dairy is farmer. dairy farmer? <laughs> You should just claim milker. Milker. Um, milker. Just coin it. Do you like are there people that claim like grass fed milk? Yeah, grass fed's a thing. Um What percentage do they need to be fed grass fed milk in order to claim that classification? Because well, like the you thing. you might no not need to do a hundred percent grass fed. That's the thing. There's no legal mm. 
we just uncovered Legal we just gun. uncovered yeah. something <laughs> there right go. there. That's the whole. Did you? Well, I'm sure you guys. It's not in the big news. Did you guys hear about <laughs> Carrie Gold? <laughs> Hit us with the farm news. Yeah, dude. We'll, so, we'll have to do like a clip each month. Farm news. <laughs> farm news. Somebody in California. <laughs> surprise. We don't care about sued, California. Yeah, yeah. Sued Carrie Gold. Because, you know, you guys know who Kerry Gold is, at least. That butter. The I have ivory. no idea. Let's go. Do you guys grocery shop? <laughs> I um, do, but. No, I do, but Andrew does not. Is it's what an Irish say. butter brand. Okay. And you see that milk from grass-fed cows. Well, somebody apparently sued the brand because yeah, see, it it's says not 100% grass-fed. And the brand's saying, well, yeah, well, we didn't say 100%. So, like, they're, I don't think they're getting in trouble, and I don't think they should. Yeah. But it's it's all semantics and there's that's exactly the point. There's no rules to it. I mean some it's just you have to trust the brand. Yeah. And with you it's easier to trust you because you're literally you pulling literally up to your me. farm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So to be there's one hundred percent grass fed, then there's grass fed, which is just like they basically gr- basically all cows are because yeah. they need a majority of fo- a, a forage based diet because of the way their stomachs are. Um, and then when you're talking beef, there's grass-fed, grain-finished, which, again, still has forage, but they get grain. And then there's grass-fed, grass-finished. There's hmm. It all, marketing becomes important once you don't know who you're buying it from, right? Yeah. Right. If you know who you're buying it from, you can ask them the questions. Like, my labels are very ugly and basic and I don't have it all decked out of my bottle because that's not the point. They can literally ask me to my face yeah. before they walk away with it. Then like just sitting and having to decide if they find it to be like to have integrity on their own in a store aisle. Interesting. What your, your family's farm in New Jersey, are they selling their milk like similar to the way you are or do they like send it out? And sell it like to like a larger distributor. What's that like? They get picked up by a milk uh, processor, and their milk goes into like the Shoprite generic brand. Okay. If you know Shoprite. Damn, you're like kind of Shoprite milk royalty then. (laughs) (laughs) It was Shoprite. Things have changed nowadays, but they always source from like Eastern PA, South New York, New Jersey dairies, and now. The Times pro- are changing. The ShopRite processor, that's really Wakefern. The Wakefern processor is selling out and giving it over to a national co-op. Mm. So there's drama there. But Whoa. Ooh. More drama Not good. in the industry. This is like the this, most drama we've ever this had. Nas- on this national co-op, it's called DFA, Dairy Farmers of America. It even sounds like Imperial. Yeah. <laughs> they've been in like class action lawsuits that farmers have filed for like price fixing milk and you know and when it's something's a co-op like it should be owner opera like you know owner member type status and it should be for but like if you think about it nothing that's national can really be that yeah once you get once you get on that scale it's like it just doesn't it never works um you're you know got a lot of mouths to feed at that level and next thing you know somebody's taken too much of their milk cut (laughs) <laughs> Too much of the milk money. <laughs> Too much milk money, dude. Um, that's awesome. I don't. Do you have any other questions? I have so many questions, but like, what do you do? You recycle your bottles, or like, do people bring their bottles back to you? Um, I sell in plastic. If some, I have plastic, and 
I tell people to recycle them, but if they care about glass, they can bring their own. And they just, I'll, I'll fill it for them. I just can't claim it as mine. Because mm. you have to put it into your <clears throat> containers that are, like, cleaned a certain way? or how, Why? Well, as long as it's theirs, I can take it and fill it. But in order for me to do the kind of, like, bottle deposit kind of a thing, um, I would have to get like a big fancy commercial bottle washer and have that be okay. So you'd have to inspect it and all that. And it's just more of a headache than I need for two or three cow dairy. (laughs) So that sounds extensive. Yeah. And since I, since I stand there, it's not like it's a, a self-serve thing or anything. So that would be too much. I just said, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) If, and people do care. And if they care, they already have glass and they just bring it to me and it's no difference. And you have people that do do that, I guess, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yep. A lot of regulars eventually start doing that. And some don't because some like to freeze it. And they'll freeze it in the plastic. How much longer does your, like, raw milk product last against, like, a store-bought milk? It lasts way less um, because it's fresh and alive and, like, real. Once the stuff is pasteurized, it has a longer shelf life because it's, like, it's not really milk more anything. dead. Yeah. yeah, like doesn't have really much going on. And some it's funny cuz usually the organic milk in a store is like the most intensely pasteurized and will have the longest shelf life and people I have heard people say like, "Oh, well, it's organic so it lasts longer." And it's like it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's just that they blasted it with, you know, ultra high temperatures. And now it's even more dead. <laughs> so then what do they, like, those companies that say that it's, like, organic, what, like, what makes their milk organic, I guess, then? Farming practices. Just, There's, like. It's just rules. A, a big old rule book they slap you with that you have to get inspected for and all these specifics, documents that are required to keep track of stuff. It's It's basically, like, the animal grazes at least 180 days of the year. Um, a certain percentage is forage, no synthetic chemicals used. It's just a rule book <laughs> for certification. And I would say I far, I, I do things organic adjacent, but for me, again, it's like the same idea. If they know me, I don't need to pay to be certified just to tell people the same stuff anyways. Yeah. It's um, like you're do you're taking... Your cows are loved. Yeah, and I want to make my own decisions and not answer to somebody else's rule book if it makes no difference for me. Kilmar's got a question about chocolate milk. Does chocolate milk, like what do chocolate milk cows look like? It's from horses. Okay, it's from horses. See? <laughs> chocolate milk is from horses. I knew horses. you were scared to ask it. That's why I was. That was not even like, <laughs> sure, yeah, that was my question, yeah. Completely sorry. <laughs> that was a dumb question. There were kid, kid, there are kids who think chocolate milk comes from brown cows, and there are kids who think. One time, I was explaining to kids how we feed our calves. It was at my family's farm. How we feed our calves at milking time with the milk from the parlor. Mm-hmm. And this boy, like in all sincerity, he was like a second grader. He said, "Well, why would you do that? Why don't you just go to the store and get the milk?" I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> this is what we have, the next he, generation. <laughs> it sounds like he repeated second grade, potentially. Yeah, potentially. He's still there. This happened four years ago. But it's crazy. <laughs> like, people, like, it sound, it's funny, but it's also like, oh, my God, this kid literally thinks food just arrives, like, appears at the grocery store. 
Jeez. Well, there's a literally <laughs> there's a lot of things like that, like adjacent to that conversation. I listened to a TED talk last night about like money and how like how old are you? Twenty seven. Okay, I would have guessed that. I would too. Guessed I would have guessed I, that too. I was at twenty seven and a half, but. That's basically what it is. (laughs) So, like, we're pretty close. Like, the three of us are pretty close in age. But, like, everybody younger, I forget what the year was. But, like, the way they look at money, like, the way our generation looks at money and then the generation before us and after us is incredibly different. I don't even know what our generation does because I feel like I'm different from my peers. I would say you're probably right, yeah. having known you for a little while. Yeah. I think I want to be. I think I want to be your friend because <laughs> nobody really works that hard anymore, That's and it's true. hard to find friends. That's so true. It's like you're lazy. Can't be friends. Yeah. Um, but they were this like economist was talking about how kids today, like our generation, grew up with like Mac cards or like ATM cards, where it's like your parents just like went to the ATM and pulled cash out. So Not like you, me, but yeah, well, yeah, you could probably grow up with like everything you needed and like, I, I, in like first or second grade, I was bragging to my friends that my dad paid me $5 an hour. Yeah. So like wow. I didn't have chore money. Like we literally just worked. We were forced to work on the farm, but, mm. but that's probably we got paid hourly since we were children. That's, that's probably one of the most incredible ways to like grow up though. Yeah. In my opinion is like earning your like you, you grow up appreciating your family and like what they do. Yeah. And more my, than yeah. if like your parents are just like you just get dropped off at daycare and then your parents like do something all day and you have no idea and then you just don't appreciate them mm-hmm. because they're just like not around because they're working to provide you for a new PlayStation or whatever. Even with our first vehicles, my dad was like, "You're buying it. It has to be a truck with a long bed, preferably diesel, because we're going to use it for farm work." And it also has to be around $10,000. You can't buy something, like, really cheap and, and junky. So, <laughs> you know, that was my goal, like, working from elementary to high school. I was like, I need, like, 10000 to buy my truck. Jeez. <laughs> Damn, 10K. Diesel truck for 10000 yeah. Back then it was possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, that's never happened to me. <laughs> um, but the way kids look at money, like, kids, kids today, like, because of, you know, nobody uses cash anymore. Kids mm. just think like, oh, I can't wait to get an iPhone so I can just pay for things. And it's like just because <laughs> they see their parent like just scanning their iPhone at the cash register or like cryptocurrency and things like that is just making things like the way the video, a lot of video games play a role in this too, because like, um, I mean, help me out here if I need it, but like you can buy different like characters or different like clothes and things for your characters. Yeah. And that's purchased usually in like a credit system that's like, each game has its own token. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like your parents' credit card goes into the game, you change credit card dollars into token dollars, and then you buy things with like, oh, I bought this uniform for 800... Um, Tokens yeah. or V-Bucks. Fortnite. Cor- yeah. yeah, V-Bucks. V-Bucks, never heard yeah. that. Thank you. I think that's what it's called. V-Bucks sounds, sounds right. I think that's what it's called. So it's just kind of like there's no concept of like, well, how many hours of work did it take you to put that digital costume on your character mm-hmm. so like there's no whereas like our generation you guys are probably just at the end of it where like we actually saw cash mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that value that like if you the one thing the guy said in the thing was you're you're likely to spend 12 to 18 percent more on something if you use a credit card sounds like dave ramsey 
You <laughs> <laughs> might have been. Might have been. <laughs> but like you're just like if you're just swiping the card, you're like, oh, whatever. It's just a credit card. Like you don't mm-hmm. like even yeah. anybody. That's not even just kids. So the guy was just talking about um, how he did this study on his kids where like they knew how to play Monopoly and he had three kids and each one of them kind of had like their own strategy where like one kid was very conservative. His daughter was like, whatever I land on, like she was just like random, like whatever. And then his other son was like, I'm going to buy all the railroads or board, like he had specific properties. Mm -hmm. So one day he came in and he had gotten $10,000 out of the bank, which he put back after the game was over. (laughs) And he gave all the kids like real money to play Monopoly with. And he said a game that normally would take like several days ended in two hours because like one of his kids, like the, the daughters was the youngest and her strategy didn't change. She just played whatever. But the one son that was usually like very like attacking like certain properties, like he went after the cheaper properties cause they were more affordable mm-hmm. and then put hotels on them. But his other brother, which was like the middle one was just like, very frugal with his money because he was like trying to calculate down to the roll how much he would have to pay his brother if he landed on one of those properties so like the way they once they had the actual dollars in their hand the entire way how they played the game changed Mm -hmm. so like he kind of like equated it to like well monopoly dollars aren't real and credit cards and plastic and all that stuff to the kids isn't real Mm -hmm. so like you should teach your kids about money with actual physical cash like give them the cash for like if um, like before back to school starts, like if you need like clothes and school supplies and stuff, like give them a fixed amount of cash and be like, all right, you buy from like a very young age, mm-hmm. you buy what it is you need. And here's the amount of cash you have. So if like you blow through it and you can't get new sneakers cause you bought like a bunch of t-shirts and then you don't have a notebook, like tough figure it out. Yeah. And like your kids will learn the value of money, even if they're not earning it. So I always find people that, like, grew up on farms are, like, at least the variety of them that I know have life way more together from, like, a business sense at a younger age. Like, you meet them and they're, like, they had to work for their first truck. They had to, like, whereas, like, people that didn't grow up in that way, um, you know, are a little bit different. Yeah. So to hear that, like, you were a fifth generation farmer, I was like, all right, might be friends here. Yeah. <laughs> Might understand money and business. Money stuff is just, <clears throat> yeah, it's so interesting to meet, to meet people. I mean, my parents started an IRA for me when I was like a kid, like a custodial mm-hmm. IRA, and had me saving for that. And people I are listening to this, being what, like, she's in the IRA. <laughs> 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 They're like, what is that? <laughs> Google it. Well, just, I have peers or people older than me who like don't save for retirement, or my one friend. Post college, I remember talking to her, and she was like, "I finally saved up, saved saved up enough, and like bought one Amazon stock." And I just was like, "All right, well. <laughs> jeez, good job." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my, I mean, my parents just, my dad was a good business person, along with good farmer and good dad, and um, and then it also helped that my oldest sister ended up being a financial advisor, so oh, <laughs> I wow. have that benefit too. How many siblings do you have? I'm the youngest of four. Okay. So decent sized family. Yeah. Did ev- did anybody else stay in the farming? My brother is full time on the farm, and he's um, he's going to be going into partnership with my dad. So the farm will continue. It just might not always have cows because mm. my brother doesn't like milking and like doesn't like the cow part, but he likes the crop part. And 
Okay, so he'll get into like doing corn or something like that. Corn, soybeans. um, We do lots of hay and straw and things like that. Soybeans are pretty big, like big seller still. Like I feel like soybeans. I mean, like (laughs) farmers just you kind of find your thing and you keep doing it no matter. No matter. No matter what, right? Like once you have the equipment to do something. That's it. You usually don't change your plan too much to their detriment sometimes, but thankfully, again, like my dad was good, my grandpa was good, so my brother had good influences. Is that because like the farm equipment costs so much money? Or is like, would it, like, why, like, is it too hard to pivot? Like, why do you think people stay? Well, there's farm equipment. So something like no till, which is a really good practice for soil health. We were one of the first farms, if not the first in New Jersey, to start practicing it. A lot of farms won't. More people are these days, but the reason people don't is... Like, what is tilling for tilling is everybody plowing. that's listening that doesn't know? Tilling is plowing, breaking up the... You know, everybody knows what plowing is, at least. They've seen yeah. it in a movie or something. Mm-hmm. It's really not good for soil health. Part of soil health is having a structure to it. And if you're constantly breaking that structure, you're not allowing it to build... Um, and also if you're breaking up, if you think about it, if you go plow a little section of your yard, you know, or even just dig it up and throw it back on the ground with a shovel and then like spray your water a certain way at it, what's going to happen? Stuff is going to, it's just going to erode. It's going to erode. Yeah. Um, so farmers might not do that. They might say, okay, I understand I should, but I'm already running off of a loan and I, you know, running off of a line of credit and it's too much of a risk to do something I don't understand because no-till requires different equipment. So there's that side. It's like it's too risky to spend the money on something. But and it's also like your knowledge is of like more knowledge. specific things. That's the other thing too. It, it's like the old dog. Like <clears throat> if you're always doing it one way, and again, especially if you're in a hard time, sometimes when you transition, the first year, two, three years maybe, you might not produce as well because the soil's kind of now adjusting because it's like, whoa, you're doing something new with me and I, I haven't quite figured out how to build my structure. Um, and then it eventually pays back in yield. But there's that, that transfer period where it can be the difference of like dinner on the table or not for some far Some farmers really struggle. So mm. you understand that side of it. Um, but it's all just tough. That's why it's hard to get farming to move and, you know, it's not – it's not as easy as some people think. Like the people who want certain labels and certain marketing think farmers are out there just like, you know, not busting their asses. Yeah. <laughs> and they really are. It's a hard lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, um, I mean, construction's like, we're in the construction and like land development business. Okay. So like construction's like very physically demanding, I guess. And depending on what you're doing and just it's been rocked, especially these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I always looked at like the kids I knew growing up that like grew up on farms. I was like, those kids are way tougher than <laughs> the rest of us just because like usually it's generational and then you grow up working from such a young age. So I, I just like had an appreciation from, for that lifestyle. So when I see people just being like, we're going to move to Pennsylvania or like do this and we're going to grow our own food and build a greenhouse. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to get cows one day. I'm like, don't 
I'll like, do that. <laughs> I wasn't I was an architect, but now I'm gonna farm my own food and and I'm like, mm, and then they, this isn't gonna yeah. end well. <laughs> this isn't gonna be good. And it's nice because they're like a a friend of farmers and pro ag. But what the problem is, if you come in and you have all your money from working in whatever the financial sector, you're at a different level, right? You can you can afford to make mistakes because it's not for your life. And then, but you but then you go and say, well, like I'm doing it. Everybody should do it. Look, this is the best. you know the new best way and it's just it's just apples to oranges like yeah like if joe rogan decided to start farming his own food america would be in deep shit (laughs) right all the i mean once he started hunting everybody all the animals in the country were like oh no yeah everybody's gonna start hunting now but everybody would buy from him right and then it's like all the people who have been doing it their generations get screwed i got that rogan corn (laughs) yeah right i'm saying (laughs) um that's that's really cool that, like, yeah. you kind of, like, followed in your family's footsteps but kind of did your own thing. Yeah. Still, yeah. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing, Trying my best. Actively doing your own thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, um, like, going back to, like, the beginning and we were talking about, like, the fields they graze in, it sounded like you kind of, like, specifically pick or, like, do you have to, like, mess around with, like, what's growing in the fields at all to, like, kind of make sure that they're eating, like, a well-balanced diet or is that something that's just like left up to nature? Well, I'm really lucky because my land was horse pasture. So it was already kind of had pasture quality species. Mm. Yeah. And if it wasn't, you know, far, you can plant a pasture mix. Um, is that just like throwing seeds out there to get the stuff or do you have to like? Well, it would be with a tractor and a drill and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was very lucky I didn't have to since, as I said, I don't have one. Um but for me, it's it's just a matter of if you have those species there of grass, legumes, and forbs, which are just like the different classifications of plants. Um, if they're there and you treat them right, they will stay there and multiply. And if you have some weeds, it's not a big deal as long as they don't take it over. It's more just like watching things transition over time. I had this one area that... The people we bought it from plowed. I have no idea why. He just plowed this one section of the pasture. But I looked everywhere else and I said, well, I have a lot of stuff that I recognize that I like. So that must mean that was here. And I'm not going to come in with seed. I have the seed here. So last year, it was pretty, it was noticeably weedy and different. And I just treated it the same. Gave, you know, put the cows on it, took them off, gave it the right amount of rest period, gave it the right amount of animal impact. The best that I could. I'm not perfect. Um, and this year I can already see a difference. There is more favorable species and less weedy species. And that's really all you're looking for from my perspective. I just want to see things going in a positive direction. And that means I'm doing something right. And a little bit of weeds don't bother me because a lot of the times they're there for a reason. Nature is a lot smarter than us. Um, and let's take a, Let's go down that rabbit hole. Why would there be weeds in a certain area like what is that what are they doing for the soil or what like what purpose do they serve so certain plants can be called something called indicator species so it's really fascinating I don't have all the specifics in my head like I'm not a I wish I knew it all because it would make my my life a lot easier but basically um certain different plants that we tend to call weeds 
have affinities for certain things. So an area that's super compacted, you might find a lot more thistle or deep taprooted plants. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, this is nature's way of trying to break up the compaction of the soil. It's putting something in. I mean, a taproot is like kind of like a, a carrot um, underground. So it's pushing soil apart. Let's see what a taproot looks like. I wonder if it'll come up. If taproot. Yeah, I don't know why the teeth didn't type. It's weird. If it didn't want to be there, it's yeah. not your fault. Okay. So you see that that one picture there, the A versus the B? Yeah. The B is the taproot. So that is pushing soil out of the way, and whenever that plant eventually dies and that breaks down, that brought some air and some, um, you know. Oh, that's really cool. It, it broke up the soil. So there, there's something like that. There's other things that are known, um, like I've heard milk thistle tends to go in places that have toxins. Um, so the example of the person who was talking about it said a place that like previously had radioactive junk poured on it like you're you know in the 50s whatever when they all kind of did that kind of stuff keep your eye out for the milk thistle um they would find those areas would be full of milk thistle and they realized that it was mining the toxins out of the soil and putting it into the plant and there's even things um it's kind of crazy that something that you know is rather like pretty of a Weed, I guess. Well, not if you touch it. Those are th really they look, thorny. <laughs> they look like they would hurt you, right? Just like poke right through your gloves. Yeah. But it's kind of like crazy that something that's mil like mining what would be harmful to us mm -hmm. is, is like good for that plant. And some things can come in. Some species, which I don't know off the top of my head, can be indicators of like, oh, this area has high pH. This area has low calcium. Like it's some people are very smart and know all those kinds of things. So I, even though I don't know the specifics, I know the general things. And for the most part, if I just take that thought and think like she, she meaning like nature and my pastor is like, oh, she's trying to do something there. And <laughs> if it doesn't totally ruin my plan. <laughs> yeah. Like my situation, then I leave it. Um, if it's being very annoying, I'll bring out the weed whacker or like, you know, mm. something and, and chop something down Die, if I need thistle. to. Yeah, right. But I'm not going to spray something because it'll, nothing stays. Everything wants to follow succession anyway. So nothing will stay the same. But generally, the way that I farm is trying to encourage grasses and legumes and not encourage like woodier species to come in to kind of keep, keep succession at bay to a point. Mm. Interesting. I feel like we learned so much today. Yeah. Do you have any questions? I feel like we got to let her go to dinner. Yeah, it's just a... We got I pizza mean, in the oven. We all got to go to dinner. So. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Not just her. <laughs> so any, what's the uh, biggest question you each have? Um, mm. I feel like I asked all my questions. <laughs> I'm out of questions. Is there a certain, like, vitamin that you get from raw milk as opposed to, say, almond milk or oat milk? Oh, like, oh, they're not even Dude, you really did that? <laughs> I know, but I, I'm just saying, like, because I, I, I drink a lot of oat. raw milk. <laughs> it's not oat. It's not real milk. They're not comparable. Oh my um, god, dude! I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm you know, just kidding. The, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it, it's true. They're not comparable. Um, so raw milk has, it has a really good balance of the macronutrients, mm -hmm. carb, fat, protein, 
It has every single vitamin except for vitamin C. And it has a really good balance of bioavailable protein. So all the people who say get your protein from plants aren't taking into account bioavailability. And it has a really good balance of minerals. It has calcium, which a lot of people are missing. It has magnesium, which like even more people are missing. Mm-hmm. And has has some sodium and potassium too. So it's a good, I like it as like, if I'm sweating, I know to crave milk because it has the electrolytes in it as well mm-hmm. as eight grams of protein and a little bit of carb for energy and some fat to hold me over. It has literally like, and then it has other enzymes in it. Like lactoferrin is an iron chelator. And also I've heard that in COVID times it was beneficial and other enzymes that I don't understand all of them myself, but I just know they're good and there's info out there to find them. But it's, it's really like a superfood. You can survive on it and like maybe some fruit for vitamin C for a very long time. That's interesting. I mean, if you think about it, it's breast milk. Yeah. So the same reasons why breast milk is better for babies and formula, nobody come after me, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is why raw milk is so good. And it's the cows are giving creatures and it's just. I mean, if anybody comes after you for that statement, just is ignoring evolution (laughs) and just, I feel like common sense at that level. Um, do you find anybody since there's like the whole like formula shortage, which I really don't know anything about other than that it, it's happening. Are you finding any like moms that are like coming to you that are like looking to supplement that no, or is that not a thing? I haven't had any personally. You can make a, a formula. Weston A. Price Foundation has like an, a formula for if you want to make your own with raw milk it requires some other things raw milk alone isn't quite right for a human baby okay um but nobody has come to me for that which i wouldn't care either way i mean i'm there if they need me but at least i know all the people that i interact with aren't struggling so (laughs) what is like the greatest being like out on your own for like a year what's like the like the coolest part about it that you like didn't expect or it like is the community been great like what what are like the the positives I mean I like just being able to make all the decisions on my own and I love learning about pastoring and all that stuff so that's fun um and then I feel like there's I used to always just my first lead and it was today a little bit because we're because of the way our conversation started but my first lead always used to be about being a fifth generation and I actually don't say that as quickly or as often anymore so I've kind of like shifted my identity to be more like me and less about like the family name and legacy Mm. so I think that's the most interesting thing that has come from now being on my own so you felt like you needed to drop like your fifth generation status to get some street credit yeah especially if I to farm people if I said I was from New Jersey they immediately wrote me off and I'd be like (laughs) wait 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 <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a real farm. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um I think that's it. I mean, if you have any other questions for for her, you can find her at Fresh Start Farm on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Fresh Start Farm on and Instagram. The, the website is freshstart.farm. No.com. Oh, and you do farm. you do tours. You did say that. Mm-hmm. 
Milk a cow class. Is that what? What are your hours like for stuff like this? Like, are you busy on Saturdays? Like, what's going on here? The milk a cow class is now shut down till fall because summer is just too hot. Mm. Um, mm. The mi- micro dairy farm tour is like, for the most part, most days. Like, I have, you just click that one button and it takes you to a calendar and it's like, tons of options. <laughs> what's uh? What's going on this Saturday? Let's click on it. What do we got? Oh, look, the eighteenth is booked. <laughs> Oh, damn. Look at that. I can't even remember what reason. Well, I do We're going to have to get over there. Yeah, I want to try some of this milk. We should take a camera and some wireless mics and get wild with the milk. <laughs> get wild with the milk. If you, do a, if you do a tour, you'd be in with the cows, too. Look at that. Oh, man. Yeah, I really want if, After you said it tastes, your husband said it tastes like vanilla ice cream. That's what convinced you it wasn't that's all like the good fair, things that's in there? To be fair, it's not going to taste like soft serve, but it's much better no, than store milk. No, I bet, no. <laughs> And it's not like McDonald's, like McFlurry's, like the machine runs all the time. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. show up. It's going to be broken. Yeah. No, I haven't had milk in a while. Like, I can't even tell you the last time I yeah. had milk. That's a lie. There's probably milk in my coffee. I mean, well, yeah, aside from maybe like ice cream or something, milk, you know. But I had a milkshake on the way home from the beach on Sunday. Oh, my God. So I had milk on Sunday. I lied to everybody on the Those show. Those destroy me. I can't have milk. I didn't feel so great later in the night. I was driving <laughs> home. I was like, I shouldn't have had it's that. It's like so much sugar and all that. It was moose tracks. It was, deli- it was no. delicious it's until I f- until I finished it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never heard of such a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's insane. What? Don't. don't. What kind of milkshake? Of, what the do whole you point of moose tracks is like the, the like chunks yeah <laughs> yeah but i was responsible for driving you know my precious cargo home hmm. so i had to get it in milkshake form <laughs> <laughs> for, for ease of use otherwise all over my car would be yeah moose tracks like moose little tracks reese everywhere. cups and stuff like in my cup holder <laughs> it would have been terrible that's an insane milkshake I, yeah life is a struggle for me it's unreal <laughs> what what kind of milkshake would you would you get vanilla <laughs> bro me too <laughs> <laughs> vanilla or strawberry i'm I keep not into it the crazy stuff vanilla like, or strawberry yeah, that's like keep it simple dude simple now i regret like i i kind of like once you said strawberry i kind of wish i could go back to sunday and get a strawberry milkshake because <laughs> i'm not banging down two milkshakes down in one week no that's probably not a good idea for myself that's unheard of dude and it wasn't raw milk so you could bang yeah. down raw milk a lot that's for there sure. you go if you guys are the kind of guys who like you're running and you realize you forget a meal, just like have a glass of milk and it'll at least hold you over for a little bit because huh. it gives you all those macros. Good meal replacement, huh? Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Okay, well, let's not go that far then. We, we all need a lot more protein, <laughs> but. Um, could you imagine if you did like a protein shake with raw milk? Yeah. Like some Jocko protein? Is that a good mix? Would that be good? Yeah, I mean, I do that. If I make a smoothie, I use raw milk or my raw kefir and... Sometimes a raw egg too. <laughs> wow, I'm not afraid of food, so mm-hmm. especially if it's raw. But yeah, I try not to. I want to get my protein mostly from like meat, and then add it on with raw milk. But do you find it's like when you're traveling or you're out doing stuff not near the farm? Like, do you pack your own milk to go? No, I just don't drink milk when I'm somewhere else. It's just like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll I drink can't it. Have that? Yeah, I just don't like it. You can taste that it's cooked once you really get to know the flavors. It's it's just not good. Damn, I want to try it so bad. I might go on Saturday and get a <laughs> I want to try it so bad now. I might go on Saturday and just whatever I'm doing on Saturday is canceled. Yeah. Raw, it's raw milk day. <laughs> uh, if you're lucky, I'll bring you some. If I'm lucky, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I'm I'm busy on Saturday, but oh, I know you probably got a, like a quinceanera or something, I, dude. You've been locked dude. up with birthdays and things, bro. Every weekend there's some shit going on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens. You got a big family. Yeah, so give me some raw milk. I'll I'll pay you. I'll give I'll, I'll Venmo you. You'll Venmo me. Yeah, buy me a dude. I'm locked. I like don't even have access to my Venmo. I'm not sure that that's a good idea. What do you mean? My Venmo is up to like a few dollars of balance in there because I, I guess I gotta like wire my routing number to it, and I just never do it. So people just Venmo me, and it's just hanging out. I've Venmoed you recently. I know, and it's still in there. <laughs> and what's messed up about Venmo is, like, you can't pay. Like, I pay Rambo's trainer through Venmo, but you can't take your Venmo balance and pay mm. with that. It's kind of a messed up thing. If I have Venmo dollars, there should be, like, hmm. see, we had the money talking. See, there this is Come on. just Venmo. Um. So we'll let you get out of here. We really appreciate you coming by yeah, and hanging out. Thank you. And talking Thanks. milk. Ho- hope you uh, were entertained by something. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we sure. learned a lot. Yeah, I this, learned a this lot. This was probably one of the best episodes we've had in a while yeah. in terms of learning. <laughs> in terms of learning. There's some, <laughs> awesome. there's some real messy ones out there. <laughs> we didn't learn a single thing. <laughs> Just not the purpose of the show. People are like, oh, yeah, that episode uh, really got out of hand. Be like, did you laugh? Yeah, right? You got to laugh either, out of it. Yeah, if you laugh and you learn. That's a good show. There you go. I think we did that. I think we did that. <laughs> so, uh, Fresh Start Farm, you can find um, find them on Instagram. And then their website's Fresh Start Farm. Fresh Start.farm. Fresh Start.farm. Come on, it's moving too fast. I thought it would be super. You have a really nice super website. Super cool. And FreshStartFarm.com wasn't available. And so there's you, know, you. What's a girl to do? <laughs> My husband was like, no, dot .farm will be cool. It's like mm-hmm. a, it'll it be is cool. cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, I, I like the dot .farm. Yeah, it's a really nice website. Oh, you got really good pictures, too? I would definitely, if I didn't know anything about raw milk, come to you. Yeah, look at the <laughs> logo. Look at the logo. Yeah, that's a great logo. Oh, my right, God. Right, grass growing up. I, s- I love the idea of two things combined. So it's grass and a cow. And that, the cow above her, wait, no. The cow, yes. Her head was the basis for the logo. Oh. Okay, we'll end it on this. What's your cow's names? That is Lux. And then I also milk Royal. Behind that butt you see is Ocean. And then I have luxury Finland and orchid. Wow! Damn. What are the where do like the names come from? Um, I try to keep the same first thing. So like Lux is luxury's mom. Ocean is orchid's mom. Royal, <laughs> Finland. <laughs> I don't have any of relations to them on the farm. <laughs> yeah, I was like Finland. Yeah, the outcasts. <laughs> I do wanted a second an F. episode here. Finland's mom was fly high, so I wanted an F. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. Cool. <laughs> um all right so <laughs> subscribe to the show follow us on instagram uh follow Mc- um michaela's farm and thanks for listening yeah. it was a good time thanks thank thanks. you thanks for having me